Brilliant Misfits, Episode 32. There's a lot of resistance against that, and that's really what my work is about, is about let's open up to it's okay to earn money doing good work. In fact, let's make that the norm. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Brilliant Misfits. I'm your host, Asia Kennedy. What I'm really loving about the show lately is that the women who share on the podcast have a commonality. And that thread of commonality is that they're not doing things in the conventional way. They've been guided or pushed or prodded into being true to themselves and finding out how to bring their passion and their brilliance in the world, doing it in their own unique way. And today is no different. I have a really beautiful guest who is going to share her inspiring story. It has to do with... Um, money, which we all um, can really use some guidance with, and especially women in business. So I'm very excited to introduce my guest today. Her name is Susanna Broughton, and she is a former certified financial planner who now works as an intuitive financial healer and trainer in her own business, which is called Her Money, Her Purpose. Her Money, Her Purpose combines her practical, grounded money experience with healing and energy-shifting modalities to help clients create plans and confidence to earn money doing the work their soul is calling them to do. So a big, heartful welcome to you, Susanna. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Aisha. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, so let's dive in. Um, I think that the topic of money for everyone, and but especially I think women in particular and women who are in business for themselves, charging money, um, embracing their value around money, all of that is a really big important thing and I think that often it isn't talked about. And can you just talk about how you got started in your business, which is Her Money, Her Purpose? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sure, Aisha. Um, I had a period back in 2011 where in the space of three months, I left a long-term committed relationship and moved out of the house that I was living in with my partner at the time and left my little doggy. And then I actually finished my certified financial planner qualification. So it was like the highest peak in financial planning that you can sort of achieve uh academic or qualification wise. And then I promptly got made redundant from my position as a financial planner. And I was really disillusioned with the industry at the time because I, I made a pact with myself that I would get into financial planning so that I could help people to invest according to their values. And what I realized having worked inside the industry for years was that the financial planning industry is not embracing the pact that I made with myself. They were not interested (laughs) 
in So it was a bit misaligned. People. You were a bit of yes. a misfit in the industry. I, I, exactly. I was a misfit. And I was really working towards creating some change in my own little small way. I was becoming known as the go-to expert in the company that I worked for if there ever a client asked for that, if they asked, because the industry was then and, and continues to be today based around we don't ask clients if they want to invest in their values. We wait for them to tell us that, that, that you know, they want that. But the reality is most people wouldn't even know that's a thing. So I, I, think, I take the position that it's a planner's responsibility to ask that. But we're not here to debate that. Aisha, you asked about my story. So then I was, <laughs> I was wavering between getting another job in the industry or completely leaving. And as you can imagine, like a, a whole lot of my identity had been stripped away, my career, my relationship, my home, even being a dog owner for that period of time, although I do now have Sally back with me. And so I had a lot of dark, deep kind of soul searching moments. And it was a period of about six months where I really started to explore on a deeper level what do I want to do? What is going to be meaningful to me? And my career plan had kind of imploded. So I had to come up with a new one. And that's when I discovered, you know, working with the feminine and working with feminine energy and working on something that was a little really outside of the box. And that's when I got the idea. It was actually gifted to me from a friend. I was sitting with having coffee and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to help women with their money. And she was like, okay, well, we're going to get started. And she, <laughs> she really nudged me into um, creating a business out of that. So, mm. yeah. So here so, I am today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so just talk a little bit about your childhood and growing up where you grew up and, you know, what you were interested in back then and how it also, because I love how the stories of our lives are very woven. And sometimes we don't even see all the threads that bring us to this very point and moment in time. So I'm curious, like, yeah. how it was for you growing up. Thank you. I love that question because I'm really curious about how our different experiences and interests and, and things like that really point us in the direction of our purpose. Mm. I mean, her money, her purpose. Half of this is about purpose. This is about what you know, we're, we're our lights our soul up and what gives our lives meaning, you know, uniquely to us. And I used to do some funny things as a child, like two come to mind. One is when I was um, quite young, before I knew how to write, I would write, I would like fake write. <laughs> <laughs> paper and I would make scribbles that like were like lines of cursive writing but they weren't because they were just scribbles so I always feel like there was that kind of writer inside of me mm. and like kind of very interested in words another funny thing that I used to do was there was this there was this toilet paper in my mother because um, my, my parents were divorced my mom left when I was quite young and my mom lived on Toronto Island which is there's it's a very small community not very many houses on the island and we used to go and stay with her on the weekends and I can remember specifically in the summer hanging out near the beach and there was this toilet near the beach where they had this toilet paper that was quite rough like paper and it folded and I used to pretend it was like dollar bills and count it and yeah, so I, and money was always sort of a factor in my play, if you like, 
you know? And so I think that that points to something. Um, but I also had a really unique experience because I was raised by a single father and, um, my single father is an entrepreneur. So he has never worked with or for anyone else. He's never had partners and he's never, I mean, work business partners and he's never had a job in his entire life. And, um, I also think about how purpose flows through our bloodlines. Mm. So I do have writers and teachers and publisher. My dad's a publisher and sells books, you know, that flows through as well. But, um, his business, I used to be really, really nervous. And this is certainly the first time I've ever talked about it on a podcast, but his business is something that's quite a controversial subject. And I want to just preface this by saying, A, I don't necessarily agree with his all his values, but that's not the point. The point is he does. And, and um, was that A? And B, um, I, I acknowledge that there's a lot of other people that have very strong opinions and values that go against what my father did for a living. But basically my father's business was around promoting pro-life values. So abstinence from sex until you're in a committed relationship and not giving um, your child up for abortion. And he feels very strongly about that, you know, having come from that Catholic Mm. background. And this is a, you know, this is a trigger subject for women, absolutely, because it's like our bodies are rights, and I can acknowledge all of that as well. And that's why I kept it a secret for a long time that that was my father's business. Um, but what I wanted to share about that is that if if we believe in something and it's coming from our place of higher good, mm. like we have every right, every right to, you know, to explore that and to make a purpose out of that for ourselves. And also it gave me the experience of seeing, like, I mean, my father put food on the table and put a roof over our head and clothed us based around pursuing and earning money from promoting beliefs and promoting something that he believed was really, really good in the world. So you know, I think that it, that implanted in me a sort of a knowing that we can make money from anything, you know, and we can we can make money from doing good work. And that's where um, with the financial planning, wanting to promote earning money from ethical or socially responsible investing was like, of course, those companies can make money, you know, mm. whereas the industry believes uh that you'll have to sacrifice returns. You know, if you do good, that's more like a charity. That's not really like commercial. So yeah, my dad showed me from, from a very young age that that's not necessarily the case. Mm, what a beautiful learning to get yeah. from your dad. Beautiful. Because I think there is a discrepancy, isn't it? I mean, there's charity and then there's commercial. And, you know, a lot of us and women who are you know, doing sort of charitable work in a way, you know, we're coaching women, we're, um, you know, doing things that might fall into that charity sort of feeling. And yet, we're in a commercial enterprise where we need to make money from doing that. And there might be a little disconnect in there. Do you find that's true with women that you work with? I think this is, um, this is a part of our 
belief system. And when I say our, I'm, I'm more talking about like the collective conscious mm. of our, of the planet. So when I say the collective conscious, I'm, I'm talking about this underlying, almost like unspoken belief system that society operates from. Right. So, you know, nuns do charity and nuns don't have bank accounts, that kind of an idea, you know, and now we're moving into this world where there's so many people that want to do good work and we can't all work for charities. <laughs> it's just not going to, you know, the, the whole system doesn't support that. So we, we live in a commercial kind of um, consumer. I don't want to say consumer, but, you know, commercial economy. So the medium of exchange is money. And so, yeah, there's a lot of resistance against that. And that's really what my work is about, is about let's open up to it's okay to earn money doing good work. In fact, let's make that the norm instead of make money from doing bad things, you know, and sacrifice money to do good things. Like, yeah, or yeah. just I'll turn be, that around. And also, I mean, it sounds like what you do in your business is a very, very holistic approach. I know that, you know, for many years when I was young, I just worked doing things for more of a survival thing. I never even contemplated that I could do something I loved and make money from it. And, you know, I think I had a lot of conditioning as well as, you know, being an artist is not something that you're ever going to make money at, so don't do it, you know? That sort of um, information that was downloaded. Absolutely. And, and outright told, you know, our parents, because they love us, encourage us to pursue paths that will look after our security, you know, because they love us, mm. you know? So they, they nudge us towards ways we can make money. They maybe encourage the gifts that are, you know, easily translated into money. Mm. <laughs> you know? But then so, a lot of us will get caught up in doing that and we might be working in a corporate environment and making a nice salary. But in the depths of our soul, we're like, oh, you know, not really feeling fulfilled, feeling happy. and. How, how, you know, there's a lot of women that want to leave that, but, you know, that's a scary proposition to do that. So do you find that you work with uh, clients that are in that position and how, how do you help them get from that place to a more trusting place around money and being able to create doing something that they love? Yeah. So, I mean, my clients run the gamut from working full time with a business idea or a business dream all the way through to being full time in their business. Mm. But the, the thing that they have in common is really anchoring in that. I believe I can make a living from this. And many of my clients are multi-skilled, multi-talented and multi-passionate. So if someone told them that they had to just pick one thing and do it, the way that kind of the whole work, get a full-time job and work full-time is set up around, you know, get one skill or one set of skills in one area and do that, you know, mm. um, it's the whole cog in a wheel thing. So how do I help them? I mean, it's just one step at a time, really, because you know, I might be helping a client, um, someone who's never had a client, never sold a single thing that makes their heart sing, you know? Mm. So it's like that first time, you know, it's magical. 
And and the only way to change, really, the only real way to change our belief, anchor it in and get it in our body that that's a thing that we can do is by doing it. You know, we can work on changing our beliefs behind the scenes and that's helpful. That'll create openings, but it's not until we do it, you know. Can you remember the first person that paid you, Aisha, for art or for your coaching or mm, something else? Definitely. It's magical. Totally magical. Uh, more magical than ever getting that big fat paycheck that I used to get at work, even though that was nice because I did actually appreciate that income and that money. But on a deeper level, I guess maybe you could call it on a soul level, um, definitely much more joy in the feeling of doing, you know, creating income from something that I'm really passionate about. Mm. And yeah. I think what you were saying, um, you know, just talking about belief and actions and how those two things work, I think, I think that's really important what you said about belief. Like, you know, I'm asking you questions about these sort of outer um, you know, situations in someone's life and you just went right into the belief. So do you feel that that is really the core thing and that and that when women start to really uncover their beliefs and shift their beliefs and everything on the outside starts to change? Yeah, totally. And that's why I feel like it was a it, it was actually a gift because it was implanted into my subconscious belief system that you can make money from doing something you believe in, you know? Doing something that because that's what that was what was the gift that was given to me, one of the many by having the father that I had. And so now I'm and I, I like I just had this really deep realization around this just the other day. So it's still quite like it's very emotional to think of it. But I now have this gift that I can pass on around passing that belief on to other people in general. You can make money from anything, you know, that, that, that you love. And also specifically, I, I hold that belief when I'm working with someone and I hold that for them until they can hold it for themselves. Yeah. And that's a, such an amazing, beautiful gift to be able to give in my work. You know, it just takes my, it takes my breath away. It, make, it brings tears to my eyes. I'm like, really? I get to do that for a living? Mm. You know, Really? And it feels like cheating in a way because it's like, really, I get to do this thing that makes me cry, that makes me, you know, that makes me feel happier than anything, just about anything in my life. And, and then I get to get paid. It's like, really? You know, mm. but it but it's magical. And that's that's the beauty is when it's that uh, like a reciprocity, like when you when we give something. And the other person is so delighted in receiving it, you know? That's okay. <sighs> Thank you for sharing that, Susanna. That is an incredible, important um, point to make. Uh, it's so beautiful what you said. And what really leaped out just then as you were talking was that we feel like we're cheating yeah. because we're doing something that feels natural to us. Can, let's just knock that on the head a little bit for our listeners because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, listeners out there who you know do feel that and maybe they haven't even realized that they feel that. So yeah. let's just wipe that out right now. Can you talk a little bit about that that's feeling of, oh, I'm, I, I feel like I'm cheating because 
oh, this is too easy. How could I get paid for this? Yeah, I'm getting mad shivers. So I think we're on the right track, Aisha. Um, (laughs) And I was thinking about the late Wayne Dyer today saying that women have just as much right as men to pursue their purpose. And I think, you know, women have, we've been put into roles, specific, you know, gender-based roles and including in the workplace, like when we're allowed to work, you know, when society says it's okay for the women to work. And I know a lot of this has shifted like on the material level, but on the level of consciousness, like that catches up slower than, you know, yes, there may have been a woman that just ran for president, but the collective consciousness is still such that what, what, who does she think she is, right? What right does she have to be there doing that? Of course, she has every right. As women, we have every right. We des- and the right means deserving. The right means entitled. We are entitled to pursue our purpose. And naturally, a part of that statement is that we are entitled to have a living that is our purpose. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that if somebody wants to do charity work and not get paid and, you know, operate a different way in the money system that they don't have the right to do that. Of course, they have the right to do that, too. But if we choose to, you know buy a house and pay for our house and send our kids to school and they're going to need shoes, like those sorts of things. We have every right to do that with money, being supported by money in the process. Yes, yes. And to do it, doing something that we're really good at and we're gifted at. And I think it's true what you said about the only way to, you know, feel comfortable or I can't remember exactly what you said but was to take actions so I think as we continue to take actions and move towards putting ourselves out there and our gifts it it reveals itself we get a little more clarity about you know like a reflection back of you know oh I do have this gift I you know I just thought everybody had this ability to do this specific thing and I think that recognition is really important yeah. And the whole thing about it feels like cheating, mm. just to, to come back to that, is because you know what? If we are to live and to breathe and to, you know, base our lives and our decisions around a belief that we are entitled to this, then basically, well, the people around us may come at us with that, who do you think you are? Because it's challenging them where they've given away that right or given away that power to buy into some sort of a belief system that says you have to sacrifice lots to make money. Like you have to sacrifice joy or you have to do that. And so when we're operating outside of the normal collective consciousness, the people want to like pull us back into that. And be like, hey, come over here, you know, how, who do you think you are? I have to work for a living. You're just playing in your business and that sort of stuff. But I wanted to also say that it's not like once we decide we're going to walk down the path of, you know, stepping into our deserving and making money doing things we love, that it just all automatically becomes easy or joyful all the time. Like that journey requires a real strong willingness to be uncomfortable, (laughs) 
you know? Yeah, I think that's... Thank you so much for bringing that up. I think it's um, it's a mature perspective. It's embracing, you know, that, yes, it's not going to be all joy and, you know, wonderful. Uh, there are challenges, and I think that we need to step into embracing the bits of challenges and the suffering and the discomfort that often comes with being true to our path and purpose. Um, we're so afraid that, you know, we think something's wrong, that we shouldn't have to suffer, but it's all part and parcel being in this human experience of really becoming more, you know, resilient to be able to have more empathy, to be able to bring our gifts into the world in a much more meaningful, wholehearted way. Yeah, absolutely. And the transformation happens by, you know, stepping into being uncomfortable, stepping into not knowing all the answers, stepping into all of that, you know? And I, I you know, I don't want to be all, you know, rainbows and puppies, but it doesn't have to be like this challenge and it doesn't have to be um, like overwhelming when I say that, but it can be uncomfortable, you yeah. know? can be really like I'm aware you know like even me just now talking about my dad on this podcast like I've never spoken about my dad on a podcast or really in my work and what if he listens to it what's he gonna think what's my aunt Barb gonna think you know and it's like (laughs) it's uncomfortable and absolutely going from this like material level around money as being a financial planner, like there's so much credibility in being a financial planner. It's like advice. It's like these people know what to do. They got it figured out with money. It's, it's even though I'm well aware that the financial planning industry has to operate with a lot of uncertainty. Hello, we don't know what's going to happen to the market later today, but they have a real firm set of structures around them. My training around money was rooted in very much in the material world and practical stuff. And financial planners don't have a language around the energy of money and they don't talk about beliefs. You know, they do talk about values and they talk about goals, but they don't talk about energy and they don't talk about beliefs. And, you know, it's not a transformational um, offering as such, although for many people it can be that's more of a byproduct than, you know, the way that it's positioned. And so to then go out and study NLP and hypnotherapy and EFT and things like that, it's a stretch. It's a leap of faith to think that I can integrate that into this practical grounded training. And I I have done and it works brilliantly, but it, it really took a lot of vision to let that happen to, or to allow that to happen. Yeah, Mm, I love that about your work, Susanna. And I I think that that is what this whole show is about, about not fitting into this particular box, because it just doesn't fit. And you like searching and you're feeling like, what do I do? And, um, and then you're interested in this work anyway, the energy work, and being able to combine that with something that's a really structured and helpful structure, but having the two together, wow, I can imagine that is quite an amazing um, place to be. Yes, it is. And exploring energy of money 
what does that mean? How does that play out? Like I'm, I'm proud to say that I cannot tell you the answer. I have not cracked that one on the head, which is wonderful because it, I'm always in curiosity around that. You know, I've, I've got some idea of how it works, but I haven't fully cracked it. So when we're working with it, there's curiosity, there's what's happening going on, which is wonderful. Yeah, I think that's an important point, which we mentioned before. It really is part of a a whole creative process. I mean, the whole universe is constantly creating and becoming. And part of that process really is being in the discomfort of not knowing, which we mentioned before. So that whole not knowing, really, and being curious, okay, let's see where it goes, and not having to grasp onto some something that's known and in doing it out of habit or you know it just it really opens things up and I love that you say that you don't know the energy yeah. of money because it, it it's constantly flowing and evolving yeah yeah yep absolutely and I think of create creativity and you know all great art all true healing all great writing, what does it do? It moves us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. It's, it's, it moves us. If it doesn't move us, then it then it's not creating for us in that sense because that's what you were just talking about. It's a flow. It's a movement. It's not the staying still. And I think that that's where with a lot of traditional um, careers – not all, you know, like some of my clients have day jobs that they love, absolutely love them because they can be creative and they can be in the flow. But the other ones where we're cogs in a wheel, that's why we, we don't feel it's, it's nurturing our creativity because it, we're literally not creating or not very much mm. within, our, within our jobs. And that can be soul destroying because our souls want to grow and our souls want to move and they want to create they don't want to stay still it's true it's true our (laughs) souls want to grow and create and our minds just want to stay the same and be safe (laughs) don't change anything (laughs) and they wouldn't exist very well without each other no that's so true (laughs) but we have to remember that we our mind is always in service to our heart or our soul whatever you want to call that other bigger energy that we are Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. It gives us that structure. It gives us that, you know, because if our soul wanted to to create, you know, something that really wouldn't be a good idea for us or for other people, our minds can stop us. You know, unfortunately, sometimes our minds can stop us from doing wonderful things. Mm. And I think that comes back to, having the willingness to work with someone like you, I mean, you can do it on your own as well, but, um, you know, it's just being able to self-examine, like, what are my beliefs? Start to get curious about those thoughts that run through. I mean, one of the thoughts that, you know, you mentioned before is like, who do you think you are? And, you know, we might've heard that, but there's a big internal one that goes on for a lot of us that says, you know, we start to expand and step into our joy and, you know, do things that we're meant to do and create money doing it. And then the voice goes, yeah, but who do you think you are? And I like to sit down with that question and say, all right, let me answer that. 
And I'll answer it from that soul place, from this other place, not my mind. Like, who do I think I, I am? And it's a beautiful exercise. And it just sort of like to uncover those beliefs. Like, I think it's so important in your work around the money stories that have been given to us and that we can change them by just examining, just being curious, and then taking the little actions to move from that belief into something, you know, unknown. And let's see what happens. Yeah, I love that. I love I love that Brene Brown said we get to rewrite the ending of our story <laughs> if yeah. we step into it and own it. And mm. I know for myself, there's a lot of stuff in my story that I'm like, Ugh. you know, even my dad's work. It's been a, I've been awkward in embracing that as part of my story. And when I did, this is, you know, relatively new awareness. But when I did, I was like, wow, that's what this part of the story really is about. It's not about, you know, being different and being ashamed and thinking that I'm like, you know, a weird child of a weird parent. It's like, it's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm. So, Isn't it fantastic? You go from wanting to trade your parents in for someone else to really waking up one day and saying, oh, and appreciating them and being grateful for what they've given. And, you know, I love that story, Susanna, because, you know, what I also hear, which is part of who you are, is that you have an enormous capacity to embrace different values. You know, people have different values and you have this beautiful capacity to embrace everyone's different values without judgment. Oh, thank you. Yep. And, you know, there isn't a lot that I've heard by this point. You know, I'm nearly five years in to the business, not to mention I heard some stuff when I was a financial planner too, but there's not much that I've heard that, you know, is new anymore. I just, I feel like I've heard, I've heard it, there isn't anything. There's all these aspects of the human experience, human emotion, motivation. I mean, these are complex things, but it's like we've been there, done that. I've either done it myself or I know someone who has, and it's all good, you know. The most important thing, I suppose, is what in the moment we're choosing, mm. not where what we chose before or what our parents chose or wanted us to choose or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. You know, there was this wonderful quote by Pema Chodron, uh, who was a Buddhist nun, monk, and she said, drop the story and find the feeling. I just mm -hmm. love that, you know, because we don't have to keep carrying these stories, but we can go deeper and see what's behind the story. What's the feeling behind that and explore that. And we have choices whether we want to hold on to a story of belief or, you know, let it go. Yep, absolutely. And we can, you know, I, I don't know if we have time to talk at all about this, who do you think you are, you're a fraud thing, because that comes up a lot. But I wanted to say um, on that, that we are everything. <laughs> you know, we have it all within us. So we can't really be a fraud. We can never really be a fraud <laughs> because we are everything. Does that make sense? It's like, I love that. You know, and yeah. I was just going to ask you, <laughs> could you please 
leave the listeners with what's one thing you would say? And I think you've just said it. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> thank now, you. Yeah, thank you. And I want to um, let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you, Susanna. What's the best way? Yeah, anyway, um, I'm on Facebook, Her Money, Her Purpose. It's Her Money, like to ching not Harmony. Her Money, <laughs> Her Purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, or hermoneyherpurpose.com. Either of those ways are fine. Mm, and the links will be on the show notes. So yeah. you don't need to worry about how that's spelled. It'll all be clearly <laughs> linked on the show notes. Beautiful. I think that's it. I think that it's a wealth of information. I loved talking with you. I probably could talk for another hour, but I try to keep my podcast to a certain time. So I'm so grateful, Susanna, for you coming on and sharing your wisdom and your, you know, your holistic approach to creating money, doing what you love and how that is possible and how you can, you know, work with the energy of money and the beliefs and take actions. Thank you, Aisha. You know, it's moments like these. It feels like, you know, I'm cheating again. It's one of the rewards of walking through the challenges and the um, the discomfort is getting moments like this where I get to hang out and have amazing conversations with women who I admire. So thank you. It's been amazing. And I just want to mention one more thing that I know that you do on occasion masterminds. So if you're interested in doing a mastermind around these topics with Susanna, you please do go to her website. I'm sure all the information will be there. Thanks for being on the show, Susanna. Thanks so much. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.